Welcome to Changeable. This is episode number 104, The Birth of Creative Ventures, Thriving Health, and Babies with Nicole Barton. You're tuned in to Changeable with Dr. Amy Johnson. Changeable podcast is all about breaking habits, ending anxiety, and the ironic way change really works. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Hey there, welcome back to Changeable. My guest for today's conversation is Nicole Barton. So Nicole is a self-rediscovery coach, she calls herself, um, in the UK. And she's someone who I've, uh, I've been lucky enough to read some of her work and get to know her through uh, some summit that she did and some other ways. And uh, I really like her and I really like this conversation that we had. So I listened back to it, which I never do. <laughs> Nicole and I recorded this um, about six weeks before it's going live. And so part of that was I just wanted to refresh on what we talked about. But I also just wanted to really, really see like, what what's the theme? What's the thread running throughout this conversation? And so much of it was about creating not even creativity because we have, it is creativity, but not the way that our minds might be thinking of that, but how, how life is created through us. Nicole's currently pregnant. Now she's like eight months pregnant, about to give birth at any moment. Um, And we, we talked about that. We talked about all that's being created through her and what that's shown her during this time. She's had a period of really heightened creativity and I did too when I was pregnant. And I think that's a thing which I absolutely love. It just makes so much sense that all this life energy is already coursing through you, creating the best thing it can possibly create, a human being. And and it seems like there's just a lot there for us. And it, and it tends to, it's just the way I think of it. It's like there's this excess creative life energy that we get to kind of play with. And I think there is a period of a lot of creativity that shows up for different ways in different people. For many people, it might be just scrubbing the baseboards and getting the nursery ready. For others, it's writing or drawing or painting or, you know, whatever you do. Um, so we talk about that. We talk about Nicole's past with... Um, lots of chronic health issues, eating disorders, how all of that was life also creating through her, you know, but creating through her with such intelligence that's so easily mistaken for a lack of intelligence and a set of problems and what's wrong. So I just love the clarity that she has around these things, what she's seen, how how she's moved from just trying to stop suffering to really um, feeling herself rediscover herself and life in many ways. Um, And I think you'll hear that throughout the conversation. So enjoy this conversation with Nicole. Hi, Nicole. Thank you so much for being Unchangeable. Thank you for having me. I'm excited. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, me too. Um, So so maybe tell tell our listeners a little bit about yourself. You've, you've, you're a writer and you've been around this understanding for a while and you've been creating all kinds of great stuff to share this. But yeah, tell us a little bit about kind of where you are today and what you do. 
Yeah, that'd be fun. Um, yeah, it's, it's funny, actually, because we met, didn't I, when I was um, sending you my book to read. <laughs> so yes. that's kind of how this how this started. Um, and that that's kind of still an ongoing creative project. But um, yeah, I love I love creating. And it's it's really interesting what I've kind of seen since I've come to the three principles with that. But I guess to start, it'd be useful to share a little bit of the background of, of my journey, because um, it wasn't always the way that I kind of felt that, that kind of ease with creating so um, I guess um, when I was when I was younger I felt very much lost and, and broken and, and much of my life felt like it was um, kind of suffering I guess um, and particularly I suffered with my health I know I know when we sort of um, discussed having this conversation it was about kind of the stuff around around my health that I saw and, and I've had some even deeper insights as I've kind of um, recently I'm pre- I've I'm pregnant so um so there's been a lot of kind of insights about that as well so even even now so it's like this constant journey of kind of discovering new things which is kind of fun um but but back before the principles I guess um I didn't really have a lot of trust for my body I guess you could say and I think what where that came from is I had a lot of thinking um when I was when I was four years old my dad left on the first day of school and so I took a lot of meaning from that and created it you know a lot of thoughts about what that meant (laughs) you know and I took from that that I was unlovable and so I worked very hard for much of my life really kind of trying to be more lovable and I think not having a lot of respect for my body (laughs) and my and my body's wisdom in that process um and and so I burnt out at the age of 10 with chronic fatigue syndrome and I think it's just because I'd been really pushing myself and, and trying to be the best version of myself that I could be. Um, and, and again, I kind of didn't really like my body in, in, in being so kind of inactive because I, I was so lacking in energy. I, I became quite big and quite worried about my weight. And, and so I, again, had that kind of, I don't know, I, I guess I developed a lot of thinking about, about my body and, and not very kind of respectful or loving of it, I guess. And that kind of, you know, became my story and I looked out for it <laughs> throughout my life. And, and at the age of 17, actually, it probably didn't help because my dad bought me SlimFast for my 17th birthday. So I think actually looking back now, I see that that was his kind of effort to help um, because I was, I was feeling the suffering with my, with my weight. And he'd kind of dipped in and out of my life. But at that point, I, I developed an eating disorder. So I had a lot of habitual thinking about food and um and kind of yeah, would would habitually binge eat and and restrict and and kind of develop that pattern. Um, and eventually, I had some cognitive behavioural therapy and things like that. And and things st- started to sort of shift as I became more aware of the power of our thinking. Although it wasn't quite in the same way as when I came across the principles. Um, but things started to settle. But I then did burn out again at about the age of twenty three with chronic fatigue. Um, for a second time and I was unable to walk so again there was this real lack of trust in my body it's like well my body's not really supporting me that's how it felt at the time um and so I at that point kind of dived into self-help and decided that I needed fixing and tried everything you know really to, <laughs> to try and you know overcome that struggle and that that you know I felt very lost and broken um, and then I came across the three principles and what that really helped me with was seeing 
that I wasn't broken in the first place. And it, it really dropped me out of it. And just as I began to understand really the nature of thought and that there's this wisdom to life that's kind of always trying to, always kind of guiding us through life and, and living us. Um, I began to see actually there was a, there was even a wisdom to all my experience of me burning out because it's like, no, no, listen, stop, <laughs> stop <Yeah>. walking. <laughs> and so that was where it became interesting because it's like, oh, all of a sudden now I start listening to my wisdom and what it's trying to teach me. So that was quite powerful. Yeah, it's so, um, I love, you know, hearing stories like this. It's so interesting now, and I'm sure you hear them the same way, where you, the wisdom just pops right out. It's like, yeah. oh, well, here's a little four-year-old. Daddy left on the first day of school. Of course, your mind made up all kinds of stuff about that yeah. to try to protect you. Wisdom, right? Yeah. And then you lived <laughs> into that. You lived into all those stories as if they were true because that's what little four-year-olds do. That's what adults yeah. do. It's what we all do, right? <laughs> and then, you know, and then, yes, the chronic fatigue was trying to stop you and the, like all of that. But, but you know, we're not, uh, we don't see the wisdom so clearly that we, we, ignore the fact that, oh my gosh, yes, you can also look at that exact same lifeline and see nothing but problems. And, yeah. you know, and that's how it obviously looks until we see otherwise. So gosh, yeah. you just see that thing after thing after thing. We could see it as evidence of being broken, which is how we do until we don't anymore. Yeah, I love that. And it was very much, that was my experience. It's like, I just constantly looked out for my brokenness, which meant that I spent a lot of time trying to fix myself. Yeah. And I just heard in the principles, you know, we're not broken because we have everything we need already. Everything is working for us. You know, we don't tell our hearts how to beat. We don't tell our lungs how to breathe. But <laughs> so why yeah. do we try and even, you know, why do we try and be psychologically? Okay, that's what Dick and I heard in Dick and Bettinger's kind of message. And I also heard, you know, there's nothing to do um, yeah. to be psychologically okay. Although I like to kind of took that a bit too far and thought oh that's great I'll just sit there doing nothing still actually do stuff that's that's kind of yeah. that's kind of cool too yeah so so how do you see the um the chronic fatigue now I mean you mentioned you know that you see it as um kind of just your body needing to shut down I mean can you when you look mm -hmm. back can you see how it was really kind of just so tied with all of the thinking you had or like how, yeah, yeah, what kind of insights have you had around why that was showing up? Yeah. I just realized that it was there to teach me. It was almost like a gift to help me see that there was a new way because I'd spent so much of my life working really hard, <laughs> yeah. particularly to be lovable or to be liked or to achieve something. And, and I saw that so differently with the principles. It's like, oh no, we just, we just need to more deeply listen and, and there really isn't anything to do. Um, and where I'd kind of learnt not to trust my body, I think that's what it helped me to see was that, no, our body knows what it's doing. Um, and and it's, it's interesting because even, you know, even though I saw that back then, there has still been episodes in my life where I've seen that a little bit deeper. So um, the year before last, I had a miscarriage. And, and again, I, before the principles, I think I would have seen that very differently. Um, I would have been very deeply suffering with that. And, and it was, it was a tough experience because, you know, the idea of the principles isn't to take away the suffering. It's to help us find a different experience of it is, is how I see it. But it, it, it was an interesting time because 
again, I, I saw really clearly how our bodies just know what to do in each moment. And that became very clear through that experience of miscarriage as well. It was like, this wasn't, you know, wisdom was kind of, again, there for me in that it's it, my body just took over and knew what it was doing. Um, and that was again, like, oh yeah, the body really does know what it's doing, you know? So how do you think you got to a place or anyone gets to a place where, where you can see that as opposed to seeing it like in line with what our mind wants. Like, no, Mm. my body was growing a baby and that's what was supposed to happen, which is Mm. obviously what we want to happen and what our opinion is. But, you know, really it's a pretty profound thing to say, oh, when I had this miscarriage, like my body, and it does, obviously it does what it Mm. needs to do. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, like, because, you know, people can really argue that and I get it. Yeah, no, I I do completely agree. And and I'm not saying that I wasn't upset with it and I didn't suffer through that experience because, again, what I came to see with the principles is that just because it it kind of explains something, it doesn't take it away. And so one of my favorite quotes is by Jeff Foster. He says, like, feelings come in to be held, not healed. And so I think it was that presence with that experience that helped me to say, to kind of come to terms with it and that acceptance that I wouldn't have had before if I hadn't seen kind of how life worked, I guess, with the principles. But it doesn't mean that we don't experience it. It just means that we don't need to be frightened of it, I think. And that's where things shifted for me because, you know, there was a lot of disappointment and I could see that that was coming from, you know, the, the expectations that I had created in my mind of what life would look like. Um, but there was also this deep trust and respect for my body and that it knew how to deal with that. You know, even if my mind was, you know, grieving and suffering through that and, and I was there to hold that, it was just a different experience. And there was a lot more acceptance, um, even, you know, at times, of course, because we're still yeah. human and we still think. And so there wasn't always that acceptance, but it just moved me through it a little bit easier. Yeah. I love that. I mean, I think that's so big because we can't help it. Our minds just instantly, mm-hmm. you know, come up with expectations and assumptions and we live into those as if that's just the way it's going to go. And it's what we yeah. want to have happen. But all the time, just like life gives us something different. And, mm. you know, I love that about like the feelings to be held and not healed. That's, you know, we just, we just don't always get what we want. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. And it feels like to me, cause when I first came across the principles, I think I, I interpreted it like, oh, well, it's all just thoughts. So it doesn't matter. Yeah. And that's when I really came to see, no, we are still human and we can still kind of embrace the human experience, you know, in all its kind of messiness. Mm. There's kind of a richness to to that as well, whether it's, you know, a good, what we would judge as a good or bad experience, I guess, yeah. um, because it's still all, all in our judgment. It's, it's just experience at the end of the day, but that doesn't mean we have, don't have feelings about it. And, and, but I learned that it was safe to, to have those feelings. Yeah. Which I think was kind of, kind of key because unless we, unless we see that that's safe, we resist them. And that's when it becomes, a difficulty, I guess. Um, yeah. So how, yeah. So how were things, um, when you came across this, you said your, your eating issues were, um, kind of helped by some CBT, like 
Um, mm. Yeah. How, how did that all kind of play into you coming across the principles and like, how does that look different now? Yeah. I think for me, CBT just kind of made me realize that I think, because <laughs> I kind of didn't really yeah. realize that before. I was like, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. And where, where CBT kind of very much felt like a fixing still, it was like, oh, well, we need to kind of change this law. I suddenly saw in the principles that that wasn't even the case. You know, we don't, we don't need to change thoughts because they can't impact us because they're not true. They're not real. We're just making them up all the time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so once we see the nature of thought and, and how that plays out, and that really our thoughts are just kind of made up. Um, we realize they can't impact us in the same way. Um, we can still have a felt experience of them. Like I said, you know, we're living that experience of them, but, but they're still made up. And I think just knowing that even when we're in that experience can, is what helped me really. Yeah. I guess. What do you, I know you, well, I mean, I know what I mean about them, them being made up, but if someone's yeah. listening and they're like, yeah. Well, it it reflects a true thing that's happening out in the world. Like, you know, how would you kind of speak to that? Yeah, I guess, yeah, the, the thing is still happening. It's just that we're all experiencing it differently because we're all experiencing the event through our own through our own thinking about it. So that might look very different in two, two different people. You know, one person can look at the same event and see it in one way and another person can see it in a completely different way. So I guess our thoughts are unique to us um, and they're being created, but they're, they're not always, well, they're, they're not real. This <laughs> was my experience of it. Yeah. I don't know if that answers that question or, or kind of, yeah, speaks to yeah. anyone, but. It's just such a cool um it's just such a cool thing to look at that there is like yeah. this revolving, always changing narrative happening mm. in everyone's head all the time. Yeah, and it, like a thought and it, factory. <laughs> yeah. And it doesn't even, it's not like you think up your own thoughts and I think up my own thoughts no. and then we just hang out in that. It's like, it's constantly changing, you know, yeah. and, and it can overlap enough that we can both say, oh, that's a tree or, you know, I have an eating issue or whatever, mm. whatever high level stuff our, our mind kind of wants to label yeah. things. But within that, even each one of our experiences is completely different and always changing. And, mm. you know, I think, um, I think listeners of this podcast and listeners to, of, and readers of your work, like know that, but I just think it's fun to like, really look at that again because sometimes we can gloss yeah. over that you know and sometimes it's easy to to kind of miss how that works yeah definitely I think there's a, also a huge difference in between like looking at the content of our thought which I think cognitive behavioral therapy offers us and seeing that we think like yeah. this part there's this powerful force of thought that's creating our experience of life um yeah. I think there's a key difference in that as well for me yeah, and the the content is always going to be sticky and look yeah. true and confusing, yeah. you know. So, and of course, we we are in content, but I love that distinction too because the more we can see, oh no, it's bigger than content. It's just it's a lot easier yeah. to see that way. And if we can't see it, you know, when I first came across the principles, I just kind of played with it in my own life and felt like, how how true is this for me? And yeah. pretty soon I started to see that it was very true. You know, it's very yeah. true about how my thoughts worked. And yeah, it was. It, that's when it became interesting because I think there's like, a, it is, it, for me, it was like the principles just spoke to a place of truth in me. And that's what I think is important for people to follow because, you know, it's, it's there's so many different 
kind of ways of explaining it, I guess. And it's, it's looking for how it's relevant in our own lives. Yeah. Yeah. How, so how is your trust with your body now? Like how, how has that kind of changed? Yeah. Well, it's just so different now. And, and I'm actually pregnant again at the moment. So I'm seven months pregnant now. And it's been really interesting because, um, I guess pregnancy has almost become the most pure visibility of the principles in action for me because it's like literally cells are just intelligently collecting themselves within me you know creation is just happening within me and I'm really not doing anything <laughs> so <Yeah. laughs> that kind of sums up the principles for me which is kind of cool and and it's been quite a creative time um I think even just seeing that because I think my first part of the journey with with the principles was very much about finding freedom from suffering and so I I would see it see that uh, see that there's like wisdom to life and that we're peace and and you know that it helped me to feel very settled but actually the second part of my journey has kind of been about I, I call it like a journey of self-rediscovery because there's always something more to see and so it feels like there's this this more kind of once we see the nature of thought and we, we find our kind of groundedness and, and that's who we are and see who we are and see that we're wisdom, we then realize that thoughts can also be kind of fun. <laughs> thoughts are also a gift and, and we can kind of play in our humanness. So I talked about embracing our humanness. I saw that we can embrace the messiness of that, but I also began to see that actually there's an adventure to be had with our thoughts as well because we can kind of you know focus on the ones that we enjoy and create amazing things. So <laughs> yeah. I think that's something that I've definitely seen within my pregnancy. Um, cause I've just, just been a really creative time. Um, so yeah, I've been creating all sorts of things. So, so like the, the summit that you came on, um, which is the self rediscovery summit, that's, that's been something that kind of has been through the pregnancy that's been created and that's been a lot of fun. And it's just, again, it's just come from an idea of an inspiration that's, that's, kind of turned into a human form and and uh, and I've unraveled um lots of different things so I've just launched my self-rediscovery school which again offers programs that are kind of like what I would say were part of my journey so like I have the foundations program which is all about settling ourselves by seeing that we're wisdom in action and then I have my unravel program which is about kind of playing in that and dancing in our humanness to unravel a life we love by embracing the, the fun thoughts, I guess. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. I love um, well, a lot in that. So first, I mean, just the thing, you're right, like being pregnant, you, you're doing absolutely nothing. And I can remember, especially like in my first pregnancy, when I was a little more worried about things, because mm. um, it took a long time to get there, that it still felt early on like I'm I'm keeping this safe. I'm making this like that. Just how our mind can still make even growing a baby in your body, which you clearly yeah. are doing almost <laughs> nothing to support. You know, like you take your vitamin and you eat healthy. That's like the yeah. most you have to do. Even then, you know, a lot's going to yeah. happen if you don't do those things. Um, but mm-hmm. you know, it's just so funny how our mind can still feel like, oh, this is so fragile, and I have all this role in it. But when you yeah. really look, it's like, wow, like look at what's happening. It's a perfect yeah. example of life just lives us. And yeah, yeah I know. So it little we so have to do. Huge. It was so yeah. huge for me. Like I was like, oh my God, this is amazing. This is the principles. This is just the principle. It's like the purest visibility because 
cells are just intelligently collecting themselves and I, I can't make them do that. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. As much as I want to try. Like, yeah, <laughs> and I know. it was interesting because for my whole life I'd been kind of pushing and forcing and doing and it's like, oh, I'll just sit here then. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And, and the trust piece as well, like, I don't know if that's the right way to say it, but the, the respect for your body and seeing Mm. what it's doing, even though I went through this a lot too, even though, um, you weren't always nice to your body, like innocently, but you know, like you, and me too, I just remember thinking, oh my God, like, look at what my body's doing for me, even though I starved it and then I stuffed it and then I was like, I hated it. I told it I hated it all the time. Yeah. It never yeah. looked right and I was always criticizing it. And look at what it's still delivering, you know? Yeah. And it's just, I think that speaks a lot to our resilience too, just the the whole resilience of our design that yeah. no matter what moves through us, what thought, feeling, anything, what we do to get in the way, we never really damage the fundamental right. essence of things. That's it. And I think understanding the principles just offers us that. And that naturally bubbles up that kind of trust for our bodies and the respect for our bodies when we see how it works. Because for years, I would have sat in front of the mirror doing affirmations like, you know, I love my body or I'm enough or all of that. And I remember just sitting in front of the mirror, just crying because I never believed what I was saying. You know, as much as we try and change our thoughts, that wasn't the answer. That was never going to help because I still didn't believe it. But what I came to see through the principles is that the affirmations are just the truth underneath our thinking that they're not. And so that was kind of cool because then it's it's like the trust just is there. It's just, it just bubbles up because we've seen it differently. Yeah. So we just, our mind doesn't believe that stuff, but we're still speaking truth. Yeah. 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 And the creativity thing is so fascinating because I, and I've heard this from a lot of people and I experienced it too, that especially like in the later part of the pregnancy, just so Mm. so much energy, so much creativity. And I don't know what to make of that, but I do think there's something really cool happening because so much life is like literally happening within you. You know, it's like somehow we feel that energy, we're fueled by it and we're even closer and more connected. Um, Mm. I've heard from a lot of people that they just, you know, kind of know things. Their intuition is super heightened during pregnancy. And I don't know. I just think that's fun. Yeah, I love that. It just, again, yeah, I guess it comes back to that visibility of wisdom. Because I think as much as we understand thought, for me, the most powerful thing was seeing that we have a wisdom that's living us. Because that just dropped me out of all doing. (laughs) It's like, oh yeah, yeah, there's just this wisdom to life. And that's kind of... That's where I guess, like, you, you know, people can spend a lot of time intellectualizing the principles at times. But for me, it was that looking towards wisdom that really dropped me into it. It was like, oh, well, actually, yeah, it's visible. Like, I can see wisdom visible in my life, yeah. like with pregnancy and all of that. And so it just dropped me out because, you know, I, for a long time, I had been like a brand manager. I'd done all sorts of things that were kind of creative, but it felt like I was doing them. Mm-hmm. And so seeing in pregnancy that, that was being created without me doing anything was like, oh, <laughs> this is different. Like, yeah. I guess this applies to all of life. <laughs> so, yeah. so I think that's what happened was that I just saw that differently and saw the process of creativity differently. And it's like, yeah, it just became like, well, there's this wisdom to life. And, and as long as we're just having fun and, and creating, that's kind of where, the, yeah, where it's, where it's going to 
help, I guess. Um, I just started to see, and also that, that we can, thoughts are a gift. That's, that's also what I started to see. And it's like, we can, we can look upstream towards the direction that we want to want to look in, but not from a place of um, need, which it very much felt like when I was in, in embodied in self-help it was like I needed the self-help because Mm -hmm. the idea of self-help is that we need helping right (laughs) but now I see it's like self-rediscovery and it's a rediscovery of what's already there so that feels much more like a choice now yeah so what's that oh there's some so like to see thought as a gift and Mm -hmm. even thoughts little thoughts even as like all the creative stuff ideas all of that um I don't even know what the question is, but there's just something so big in that. Like, cause mm. I, I feel it as well. And it, and yet we said, you know, 20 minutes ago that thought's not true. Yeah. <laughs> so like, there's a, there's something in yeah. that. There's a sweet spot in there where both yeah. of those are true statements. Like it's yeah. not true, but in a way that's almost what allows us to play with it so it's much. It's liberating. And it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's not true. So we can just make it up as we want. <laughs> yeah. So that, that, that feels kind of cool. It's like, well, we can just dance as, as who we want to be. And I know Dickin, when he came on my summit, was saying, and it's funny how you hear things in the principles in one way when you're looking at it from a certain way. And then the next minute when you see something different, you hear the same thing completely differently. And he said, we're formless dancing as form. And I was like, that's so cool. Like we're yeah. dancing with life as form as we want it to be. Yeah. So it's like every thought is a gift and we can just choose how we play with it. Yes. That's how it feels to me. So what has that done for your creativity? Like how, how yeah. does the process feel different or the output different or any of that? I think it's just offered me this freedom of creating without kind of any attachment to the outcome. It's like, well, we can just play. We can mm-hmm. just play and have fun with this. And, and there's nothing, you know, it's not me even doing it, but it, but it is me doing it. If that makes sense. It's like, it's, it's coming from a place of wisdom, but it's coming through me and, and then I'm choosing how I want to play with it. Um, so yeah, it just offered that freedom of like, well, this is not, this isn't so serious as I, as I thought it was before. And, and in that space, I think a lot more bubbles up that I play with and enjoy. And it's just that kind of creating from joy rather than creating from need again. Yeah. It's that choice. Um, yeah. And it's such a, it's another great example, maybe a less, a little less clear for most people than being pregnant, but of like how there is wisdom at the core of it. And it's just, it's just working through us. Like I yeah. do some different exercises and stuff with writing where um, it, it forces me to like get my mind out of the way. And it's a way like, you know, you're kind of like tapping into different muses and different things that like you cannot do it from your head. It, you, it would mm. be impossible to do it from your head. Yeah. So your head's busy or your head's trying to figure out the format of it with no concern about what's going to come out. Like you said, yeah. no, just total yeah. freedom. Like this doesn't have to be a good piece. No one's ever going to see it. It doesn't have to make sense. But yeah. when your intellect is busy and you're just completely open, it's amazing what comes out, you know? Yeah. And that is, a, you know, that's just so, it is, it's so fun to play with that. And it's funny because it's like, we think that we're the ones creating, like you say, but actually when we see that thought is creating our experience the entire time, you know, that's creation is just happening. Yeah. So there's nothing that we need to do even to create. It's like, we just listen for the whispers of what's inspiring us and just be moved from that. That's how it feels to me. But it's, it's not like we need to create, like there's still, but, but we can play in how we create. 
if that makes sense. <laughs> it does. It does. And that shift is is huge, you know? I mean, yeah. to even go from thinking, I need to do this to mm. I'm going to sit down and, and just see if what's going to show up through me. Yeah. I mean, And we're already that's, doing it. Like yes. we're, we're creating our experience of life in every moment and we can either create it good or create it bad, <laughs> Yeah, if that makes sense. And that's still our judgment of it, but it's like, yeah, right. we're, we're always creating our experience of life. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's awesome. And it feels to me that like, so this is why my second program is called Unravel. It feels to me like then from that space, we kind of unravel a life that we live rather than kind of forcing again. So yeah, it's, yeah. it's really really a cool way to live. <laughs> it is. It is. And it is pretty, pretty amazing that, you know, as a person who used to kind of be in charge and do so much work early on, yeah. of course, you got feedback from your body that that wasn't working. But, yeah. you know, to <laughs> be like so entrenched in that way of living as many of us are, you know, that, that you can be kind of on the total other end of the spectrum and find so much freedom in it. And, know. you know, we, people say like, oh, people don't change or it's hard to change or whatever. And it's just crazy because I see people like you and I was as well, like go from one end of being in life to almost a completely different end of being in life. Yeah. It doesn't take that much because it is just no. natural in us. It's just seeing something differently. And my, my experience very much has taken me from kind of suffering really to just joy, like, you know, creating yeah. a life from joy. And it's so different, so different. And just through, again, not a prescription for change, but just understanding how life works much like, you know, well, we don't even need to do that really. It's still working that way. Yeah. <laughs> but seeing exactly. it and becoming aware of it, I guess, is helpful because, yeah, it's, it helps us see so much that helps us to transform. Yeah. That's great. Thank you so much, Nicole. I love this conversation. I love yeah. just the, the, you know, the trust and the, all the trying to manage everything, just seeing how it's moving through us. And then it just feels like this flow into then like now you just like unraveling and dancing with life and creativity and stuff. It really just yeah. feels like such a, such a long way that you've traveled. By not even doing a whole lot, you know, by just seeing some (laughs) new things. (laughs) I know, it's so much fun. (laughs) Yeah, and I can't wait to see what happens when your baby's born. And like, for me too, like in those first several years, especially, because you know, I mean, they they are just these little reminders 24-7 of how we can live, of just like in the moment and everything's okay unless it's not, and then that's over and then it's back to okay. <laughs> and, you know, there's like so many insights that come, I think, in yeah. those times too. So it's really Yeah, it's, it's very cool. I'm very excited. <laughs> it's always cool. something, it's always something to see, isn't there? And I, that's why I call it self-rediscovery because it's like rediscovering what's already there. And yeah, it just feels like a constant exploration of life, <laughs> yeah. which is fun. Yes. <laughs> Awesome. Well, I'll share um, I'll share links to your courses and your materials and all of that with everyone. So, um, oh, thank you. Thank and, you yeah, so much. That's great. It was lovely to to be yeah on the on the show. So, thank you. <laughs> thank you so much for listening to Changeable. If you enjoy this podcast, please let me know by subscribing, or maybe even considering leaving a review iTunes reviews are so valuable in helping other people who need change to find their way here. Talk to you next week.